are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. The Lord impressed on my heart that these messages are to conclude today. He spoke into my spirit and said, they've got it. What I wanted them to hear, they've got it already. This conclusion of the messages will just seal the deal, okay? So I trust the Holy Spirit when he speaks to me that way. There are some common threads that are running through these letters. One of the things is, in every letter, Jesus says, I know. I know you. I know your works. I know where you're at. I know your deeds. And I also know the things that are wrong in your church. And that's a a theme that's going through the whole church. And so we've looked at Ephesus. The first church was the loveless church. They had lost their first love. We looked at uh, Smyrna. And they were the persecuted church. The Lord didn't have anything wrong to say about them. There was nothing wrong with them. They were going through great persecution. Pergamos was a compromising church. They were compromising the gospel. And now the fourth church is Thyatira. And uh, they are known as a church with a lot of corruption in it. And he said, I know your works, your love, your service, your, pa- your faith, and your patience. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You've allowed that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants, to commit sexual immorality, and to eat things offered to idols. This was, this was embedded in the culture of the day. And it was accepted in their society. And the church... Uh, was a lot of the church people were getting involved in these things. And so God says, I know what's going on there. And uh, so um, if you look to, if you, he, said, I, uh, he said of Jezebel, he said, I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality. She would not repent. He said, and I'm the one who searches the minds and the hearts, and I will give to each one according to, each one of you, according to your works. You see, God looks at the church as a whole, at the whole congregation, but he also then speaks to individuals. And he says, I know what you're up to. I know everything about you. And I give, I reward each person according to your works. I want us to keep that in mind. The Old Testament in Kings, uh, 1 Kings and 2 Kings, you'll find the story of Jezebel. Jezebel was uh, uh, King Ahab's wife. Uh, Ahab was king of Israel. She was the daughter of a pagan priest, a Baal worshiper, and, uh, and she brought this worship into Israel. When, when she came to Israel, she brought her false gods with her and her false teaching, and, uh, and uh, Elijah stood up against this, and uh, in three and a half years, he, he prophesied the famine. The famine came for three and a half years. At the end of the three and a half years, you remember, he went to Mount Carmel. They, he confronted the prophets of Baal, and he said, 
to the people. If, if, listen, the God who answers by fire today, that's the one who is the God. So, so if God, if the Lord is God, serve him. He said, if Baal is God, then serve him. But make up your mind. You can't serve two gods. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You'll either serve one and love and hate the other. And, and, and so he said you, go, you can only serve one God at a time. And so um, Elijah uh, prayed. Uh, fire fell from heaven. The rains came. The famine was over. The prophets of Baal was killed. This is a very paraphrased version now. But uh, the prophets of Baal was killed. And... Uh, Jezebel was judged by God, and, and she met a violent death. And, uh, and the people responded to all of this and said, The Lord, he is God. And they began to serve the God of heaven again. Amen. And so now uh, God is speaking to the people, and he says, Now to you I say, and to the rest of Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine... So there were people in, in the church that were, were praising God, were serving God faithfully. And so God said to you, you, though, you who are not following her, he said, I'm not going to put any more burden on you than this, but hold fast to what you have till I come. And he said, he who overcomes and keeps my word until the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Now, God has something good prepared for his church, okay? And he says, I will give him, I'll give him power of the nations, and I will give him the morning star, and he who has an ear to ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Over and over again, to every church, this is another theme that is through every church. Whoever has an ear to hear, Listen to what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen? And so, we come to the, the, to the uh, fifth church. The church is Sardis. Now, Sardis is known as a dying church. Some is already dead and others are dying. Not physically, spiritually. And he says to them, in Revelations chapter 3, verse 1, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. People were saying, what a wonderful church, they're alive. But Jesus was saying, you are dead. You're spiritually dead. You're going through the motions of religion, and you don't have any power. You see, Jesus is actively involved in the life of every church. He's actively involved in the life of this congregation. They had a reputation of being alive, but they were dead. Evidently, at some point, they were alive. But they had slipped into this, this rut that they've got themselves in. 
And when you're dead and when you're dying spiritually, we can't live in the past. We can talk about the good old days if we want to. But we need to be spiritually alive now. Last week's meal doesn't do much for us right now. We need to feed natural food every day. Three times a day at least, we have a meal. Most of us snack in between, right? And some of us, the only food we really get is when we come to church on Sunday morning. Now I ask you, is that right? That's not right. God wants us to be spiritually fat. He wants you to be nice and trim in your body, but he wants you to be spiritually fat. And he says to this church, wake up church. You have a few names in Sardis who have not defiled your garments. And they shall walk with me in white, they shall, they, for they are worthy. He who overcomes, another word that's found in every church. He who overcomes. God wants us to be overcomers. The prize is not the, to the one who, who starts the race, but to the one who finishes it. Amen? Now listen to what he says. It's very important. This is very important what he says here. They shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And listen to this. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Wow. Now that, that should send shivers down your spine. With all respect to, to those who believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. Whatever that means, I'm going to tell you there's something here that we cannot ignore. I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and his angels. Who is he talking to? Those who overcome. If you're not an overcomer, you shouldn't go on what man teaches you. You should go to the book, see what the book says. And this gives, this gives you an opportunity to pause and remember. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And then there's the sixth Church is the Philadelphia church. And that's Revelations chapter 3, 7 to 13. They are a faithful church. And Jesus has nothing to say about, their, about anything wrong in their church. They were a church that, like, it wasn't a cakewalk for them. They were suffering from persecution, they were suffering from opposition. He says, these things says, he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, 
He who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. Faithful churches always have an opportunity, an open door of opportunity. We want to be faithful. We want to be overcomers. We want to be people that can see open doors. We want to be able to go through these doors and to be able to reach our community for Jesus Christ. We want to be in such a position that when someone comes in that is outside of the family of God and they come into our services, that the power and the presence of God is so near, so precious, so real that they're going to want to get in on it. Amen? And the seventh church is Laodicea. And this church is a lukewarm church. These things, uh, this is Revelation chapter 3, 14 to 20. These things says the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know your works. Again, here it is. I know. He knows. Jesus knows. I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I would wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Another version says spew you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Jesus said, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. What does that say? What would, how would, what would you say to a person in, in our language today? What would you be saying to them? You make me sick. That's what Jesus is saying to them. The way you are doing things in this church, you make me sick. If you don't change your ways, I'm going to come. I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, also as my also overcome as my, and sit down with my as I sit down with my father on his throne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lukewarm. Lukewarm is a disheartening diagnosis. They can't get enthusiastic about anything. They have no passion. No passion to do anything for the Lord. There's no vision. We just come to church because that's the thing to do. And you know, it happens gradually. Don't happen right away. Happens gradually. We get to that point. We're no good to ourselves. We're no good to God. We're just there. And Jesus said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. 
He said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's talking to the church. I'm standing at your heart's door. I'm knocking. I want to get in. Isn't that a terrible state for a church to be in? I never want to, to be in that kind of a situation, do you? I'd like to know that when I come in to this room, the power and the presence of God is here. He's here to bless. He's here to heal. He's here to save. He loves us. In every one of those, this is not a condemning, this is not condemning letters. It's a reaching out to his people in love and saying, Everything is set in motion, and this is the way things are. If you keep going this way, you're going to lose out and lose out big time. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what the Spirit is saying, and make corrections in your life so that I can bless you, so that you can experience all that God intended for you to experience because you have the opportunity, I have the opportunity to get back everything that Adam lost. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. The shortest conclusion you'll ever hear from me is this. These words were not written to unbelievers, but to lukewarm Christians. They probably didn't realize that they had driven Jesus outside of their church. All it takes on our part is a little complacency, a little compromise, a little apathy, and we will soon find that we have put Jesus on the outside looking in. And he's knocking at our heart door. And he says, whoever opens up that door, I will come in. And I will fellowship with him. He with me. That's what God wants. God wants fellowship with you and I. Can you hear Jesus knocking? Is that the situation in your life where you hear, you hear him knocking, wanting to come in? Do you have something, my brother, to just play? Okay. All of your past will be forgiven. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the church is saying, what the Spirit is saying to the church. So my question is, what is he saying to you? Have you stopped long enough to listen? You know, we can get so busy doing so many good things that we don't stop to listen. What is the Spirit saying? We have a marvelous opportunity. There's a hunger that is in the world today. Young people by the thousands are turning to Jesus Christ. Older people that have turned their back on God for a long, long time are coming back to him. It's not just happening in your life. It's happening all over. It's not just happening in cold light. There's a spiritual move that is...
beginning to rise up. That hasn't been seen for many, many years. The sad truth is that in this next move of God, there's going to be some, and probably some in this, this room, that are going to miss it. It doesn't have to be that way. Jesus said, if you have an ear to hear, listen to what he's saying. Determine that you're going to be an overcomer. You know, we can't just, we can't just sit back and fold our arms and say, well, God wants to touch my heart and God wants to make some changes. He can make it. We've got to make some effort on our part. We've got to say, Lord, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the way I'm living. Up and down like a yo-yo. I'm tired of depending on happiness. I want the joy of the Lord because that's where my strength is. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, would you consider giving him your heart today? Would you consider saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need, I need you. I want you to come into my heart. Maybe you're here and you've been so careless in your Christian walk that you almost feel a stranger in God's house. That should never be. Jesus loves you, cares for you, wants you in an intimate relationship with him. Maybe you're here today and you need healing for your body. doesn't matter what the doctor says. What does Jesus say? What is Jesus saying? What does his word say? But all of the sicknesses and diseases that can come up on a body today, what does Jesus say about that? What does his word say? We've got people here who strongly believe in the word of God and the power to heal. So whatever your need is, maybe you're going through a difficult time in your marriage and you think it's over. What does Jesus say? Give Jesus a chance in your life. Can everyone stand with me, please? Now we're, we're into altar call now. You want something for, from the Lord today, if it's salvation for your soul, healing for your body, direction in your life, I want you to come. Elders and your wives, would you just come? And, and, and any of the board members that are here as well, come. We're ready to pray with you.
Okay? We're ready to pray with you. I'm going to say a, a, a little prayer so that those who want to go or have to go are dismissed, but if you want something from the Lord, stay around. God is not finished with this service yet. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word. Lord, we will not soon forget these messages. These four, four messages, Lord, have been foundational to what you're going to be doing in the near future. So, Father, we just ask that your Holy Spirit, Lord, will just guide each person now. Be with us, Lord, as we go to our different homes. And let your glory be upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, bless you. You need something from the Lord, you come. Amen. We'll be glad to pray with you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.